Hello and welcome to the WLEI Podcast. I'm executive producer Josh Raposa. An inch wide and a mile deep, it's a phrase you'll often hear in lean transformation. It means you need to narrow your focus to succeed. Now a mile deep is actually a reality in the mining industry. Another phrase I've been hearing an awful lot lately is, if it cannot be grown, then it must be mined. And when you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. Practically every industry relies on the mining industry, either directly or indirectly. So on today's podcast, we have Laura Matola. She's the co-founder of the Lean Mining Institute, and she's helping to transform the mining industry using lean thinking. Laura is a recognized global leader in mining with over 20 years in the industry. She has a Master's of Engineering in Mining Automation from McGill University, and she was named one of the 100 Most Inspirational Women in Mining by Women in Mining UK. We are honored to have Laura Matula as a speaker at the 2019 Summit that takes place this March 27 and 28 in Houston. You can register for that event at lean.org slash summits. Speaking with Laura today is Mark Reich. He's a senior coach here at LEI who's formerly of Toyota. So let's learn a bit more about respect for people, developing people, and just what lean and mining looks like. Mark, Laura, the microphones are yours. It's great having you here with us today, Laura. I'm very happy to be here. I guess we got to get know each other about eight months ago now, and when and we uh, when I learned about y- your interest in mining, and you invited me to Chile, and so we I was lucky enough to visit there and see some of the work that you've done uh, in the mining industry, and I found that fascinating that you could bring lean to that industry. So maybe you could share with me a little bit of like. What got you interested in, in mining, mining in the first place? Before mm. you even learned about lean, what got you interested in mining? Yeah, it was kind of uh, by chance, really, because I always wanted to be an engineer. And when I applied to McGill University for engineering, the first year is common. But then what happened is I met some professors that uh, talked to me about the mining industry. And in the early 90s, in Canada in particular, there was a lot of work happening in the automation space for for mining. And they got me really interested in that. Um, There was a lot to be done, and it was sort of like a pioneering thing, and I decided to pursue mining for that reason. So, in fact, right after I graduated from engineering, I did a master's in automation. So that's that's how I got into mining. It was a little bit because I met some mm. professors who were able to transfer their passion and interest in the industry to me. So did you, have you? I know you've spent some time working in the industry. Oh yes. Yeah. What did, well, share a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've been working in the mining industry for over twenty-five years now, in in different places in the world: Canada, United States. Australia, as well as uh, Chile. And really, my career so far has been what I would say non-traditional in in the sector. Uh, First of all, because I came from an automation background. In fact, my first, very first job was in the General Motors car assembly plant in Oshawa, which is close to Toronto. And because of my automation background, I was doing plant floor automation in the paint shop and body shop. So really, I started off not even uh, in mining, but very, very quickly uh, then applied automation to mining, different projects, uh, underground, open pit. And I've worked in the oil sands in 
uh, northern Alberta, which is a big sector in Canada for mining. I've worked in copper in Chile, iron ore in Australia, gold in Canada, and other commodities and, and interesting things. So varied, uh, quite varied uh, trajectory in my career. And how I came to learn about lean was through um, a period of time where I worked in the aerospace. I worked uh, for a jet engine manufacturing company, Pratt & Whitney. And that's where I learned lean manufacturing on the plant floor as well as into the supply base of um, the turbine uh, engine uh, manufacturing. But because my passion is mining, I started to bring that back into the industry and apply lean thinking in mining, adapting the methodology and getting mining companies and people in the industry interested in, in applying lean management and lean thinking. So I think probably a lot of people, and including me, until I, I'd been to one mine before I visited the mine that we visited together that where you worked, and uh, I, I had never... It was difficult for me to translate that. I've been in a lot of industries in my career, applying lean thinking in practice, but how it worked in mining, you kind of opened my eyes to how it could work differently in another industry. So it might be helpful for kind of everyone to understand a little more about the industry. Sure. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of us don't even realize that when you kind of open up your iPhone every day that the reason we have an iPhone is because there's a mining industry. So maybe you could tell us a little more about like how does mining work a little bit yeah, yeah. just basically. So, so really uh, we, we talk about mining as a broad, much broader than that. It's basically transforming raw materials into a, a product that is then further transformed to become part of everyday um tools and and technology um, certainly you mentioned the iPhone but really uh, we say that if it cannot be grown it must be mined so raw materials uh, minerals metals precious metals um, are an absolutely important component of society and uh, it's an industry that's been um, it, it has a bit of a bad reputation overall in terms of its impact on the environment, and of course there are some terrible stories about um, exploitation and, and human rights and so on. But um, people don't really, the general public, I would say, don't really know uh, enough about the industry and just how important it is and, and how it has evolved and has grown to become, I think, also a very sustainable and... Um, um, responsibly, you know, responsible and uh, socially socially responsible uh, industry. Now, it's not perfect, but I don't think we could say any industry is perfect. Um, so really, mining is quite simple. It's uh, getting material out of the ground. Mother Earth provides with a wealth of... Um, of materials and uh, that we can extract uh, with various techniques, open pit mining or underground mining, in situ mining. And then we apply some technology to transform that raw material into an um, intermediary product. And that's generally what the mining and metals industry, quote unquote, ends and, and transfer this intermediary product to the manufacturing industry that then transforms further. Uh, and so if we think of copper, 
that intermediary product may be um, copper concentrate. It then goes to a smelter, and that smelter uh, produces um, copper that's then transformed into copper wire. And, of course, that goes into everything, uh, infrastructure, um, anything that we want to build, uh, electronics, of course. So um, so that's really what, what mining does. Now, having said that, there is an element also of restoring the, uh, the place that has been um, disturbed by the mining activity itself. And so there is a big focus also on reclamation and closure of those uh, mining operations. And there is also a big impact on the communities in which these companies operate because very often they are remote communities um, where indigenous people live, um, small uh, towns and so on. So there's a big um, social economic aspect to that. And that's, that's really mining. It's a global industry. Uh, of course, the industry needs to go where the wealth the natural resource is so it's about finding that natural resource so that's the exploration piece the mining piece is the extraction and then there is a uh, processing uh, element that's pretty much overall it's not rocket science uh, it's quite uh, elemental but it's mining science yes <laughs> but there is a science to it and there's quite a bit of technology applied to that um, to that process so uh, I, said, I mentioned that I, uh, like the first time we spent time together was at the, when we visited the mine where you'd worked. And I was kind of impressed with, to learn how lean can be applied in that scenario. And uh, your, maybe the approach you take. So it'd be interesting to talk about that a little bit. Um, and maybe I can give you my kind of take on what I saw. Yeah. And I, I think we've discussed this before, but... Uh, I found it a great learning experience to see how you can, in the th- kind of those three phases of mining that you just mentioned, uh, exploration, development, and production, how you work to reduce variation and, and reduce lead time from the time that the, like you discover the original uh, metal or ore to the time it gets actually refined and, and sent out to the customer. So I think uh, that was kind of a fascinating thing to see. Well, that was one fascinating like technical component to see how that worked, but also how to, I mean, this is a fairly, if you think about traditional industries, and I've been in, I spent a lot of my career in manufacturing, which is also a fairly traditional industry. The mining industry is a pretty traditional industry. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm interested in maybe, maybe if you could share a little bit more about your approach to that industry and how you approach kind of lean continuous improvement Uh, yeah i'd be happy to of course this is a longer conversation but fundamentally then the reason why i was really attracted to the lean thinking and philosophy is that fundamentally it's about developing people's capabilities so so really when it comes down to that it's uh it's applicable any anywhere you want to develop people's uh, ability to identify problems and solve them collaboratively, um, and you can do that in any any environment. 
Now, having said that, there is a fundamental difference between the mining and metals industry and the manufacturing industry, and that is really that we are constantly dealing with a, um, an environment and a raw material which is very, uh, it varies a lot. And we really have to deal with a lot of variation inherent to the fact that we are extracting natural resource. And despite the fact that we have some technology and uh, science behind uh, estimation of what is in the ground, it's really not until you get there, and sometimes at great depths, that you um, finally really truly understand what you're dealing with. So, so variation is an inherent component of mining and metals. Um, uh, it's not a controlled environment uh, in the sense that you would be used to in a plant. I'm, sp I'm speaking about the extraction portion. Of course, mineral processing is in a plant environment. So its uh, variation is managed uh, a lot better. So really, um, my approach has been to um, help people to see the whole, which again, it's, it's a lean thinking philosophy, seeing the whole, understanding how value is created and destroyed at every step of the transformation process of mining and getting people reconnected with that production system and the entire uh, value stream. Uh, because it's a traditional industry uh, and it hasn't largely evolved to new, uh, more modern management systems, it's very siloed. Uh, and so there is, um, due to organizational structures and management systems, it's still very much comp compartmentalized. So people don't have the ability or the opportunity to see the whole and to understand where they create value, where they destroy value, not only for their part of the system, but for the downstream components of it. So uh, the approach really has been to reconnect them to the production system through Gemba work, through work in the field, understanding the work, um, improving that work, uh, very often in very difficult conditions because we're talking about, you know, harsh environments, uh, underground or, you know, at high altitude or mining is not for the faint of heart, certainly. And, um, and helping the people to, to have a better experience uh, applying their knowledge and understanding to, um, to improve the process, to improve their own work, and to get greater value out of, um, of the entire process. So that's fundamentally it. I don't think there's anything substantially different there. It's just the application to, to that environment and connecting with people because uh, there's a lot of very hardworking people in this industry um, that are very proud of their work and have probably been doing it for decades. So you have to connect with them at a meaningful level in order to get them to, to work uh, in a different way. So tell me how you do that. Because <laughs> well, I know you have a way. There is no magic bullet, uh, but uh, my way is really to, uh, first of all, you know, boots on the ground. I spend a lot of time uh, at the face, as, as we call it in mining, the mining face. Um, 
well, my, my background, my understanding of the industry helps me, of course. But it's also a question of, of really listening, showing respect for the, their experience uh, and, and listening and asking for uh, them to contribute and to explain how they do things. So I try to connect at a human level, really, in a very simple way. Um, of course, trying to learn everybody's name uh, right from the get-go. Uh, that's a very simple thing, but uh, it really makes them feel like you care. I'll stop, we'll stop you a second there, because that's actually, it seems like a simple thing. It is. But, I, but as I've interacted with uh, you and with some of your colleagues, several people have brought that up as like a pretty important part of how you connect with people. Well, you got to think that mining is also very hierarchical, especially in developing countries or like, for example, Latin America. So a worker, like a miner, it doesn't have the opportunity to interact with a manager. He might have the opportunity to, to interact with the direct supervisor, meaning they would call those foremen, shift supervisors, maybe with the superintendent. But beyond that, they really don't have any interaction. So, so for me to establish that human connection by simply learning their name in the, ne- in the first five to ten minutes that I meet them is like telling them, you know, like, we are people. My name is Laura Jorge. You know, now we have established a different kind of connection. It is surprising to them. And that's probably why you um, heard those comments as we were there, because nobody really takes the time to do that. Yes, it's such a simple little thing. And it shows respect, right? We are two human beings working in a tough environment. We have a common goal. I, w- I want to work together with you. So m- me knowing your name is the first little step. It'd be interesting to also, I saw some really interesting ap- specific applications of what I would call in my world, which has mostly been in manufacturing, but in other arenas as well, like hands-on improvement, uh, the use of cardboard, things like that. Yeah. So, so share with me, like, so just give, maybe give people a context of who I could never have imagined in that underground, I went to, to an underground mine with you, in that environment, how you would apply simple Kaizen continuous improvement tools, but you showed me. So maybe you can share an example. I think give people. I mean, again, it's, it's very simple things. And so for people who have never been in an underground operation, think about it this way, okay? If I'm a miner, I work there every day, a 12 hour shift, may uh, get up at 6 a.m. And, and work 12, 12 hour shift by myself at the end of a dark, damp, cold tunnel. I'm not exaggerating, okay? And so um, I have a task to perform. In this case, it might be that I need to drill um, 15 holes uh, within my shift. Of course, I have a pattern that I'm supposed to follow. Um, There is a reason. There's a design behind that pattern, okay? Now think about it this way. I've been doing it for the last 20 years. I know how to drill the damn holes, Do I need to follow the pattern? I know it by heart. Is anybody coming to check on me? Eh, Maybe once in a while. Probably not. So I do it to the best of my ability. 
And even though I like my job, because a lot of these guys, they really like mining, okay? I uh, kind of get a little bit blasé or, or, I don't know, tired of repeating the same thing over and over again. Nobody's coming to check on me or asking me, how's it going, you know? So, uh, so that standard work, which originally was designed for purpose, is not being followed. So very simply then, working with them and understanding what the variation is of, the, of not following that standard work, showing them the impact on the downstream production system of not drilling to the specifications, reconnects them with the production system. And something that we did with cardboard was just to draw a pattern where he can mark the face with the cardboard where the holes are supposed to be, mark the face with some spray paint, and allow for less variation in where the holes are drilled, and then showing him the following shift after it's been blasted, the variation and the quality that has impacted. The guy wants to do a good job. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't go there doing with the intention of doing a bad job. He's just kind of lost connection to what he's doing. So reconnecting him and providing him a simple tool really reignites his um, energy around doing the job. Plus, it makes it easy for, easier for him. And somebody actually came and asked and was interested in, in my work at the end of the damp, cold tunnel. So That's good very simple. Again, a lot of these cases are very simple. We're not talking about fundamental breakthrough ways of doing things differently in general, okay? But uh, it can make a huge difference for people. So I want to ask you a little bit about the, and introduce the Lean Transformation Framework here. Uh, which yeah. you're familiar with. We've, we've shared a lot with our community. And I use it. Yeah. And so uh, maybe you can speak to that in the context of this example we were just talking about. But I, I think uh, you know, what, I, what I also saw when we were together uh, in the mine was it was fairly clear what generally at a high level but also at individual worker level what problem it is they were trying to solve. And then... You just shared a great example of how they, when we talk about focusing on the work and improving the process, that example of the drilling is a great example. I think you also just spoke to the, uh, well, to the connection of the people and developing their capability, which is the other pillar. We also talk a lot about the management system. And I think that that's what was interesting for me when I visited this mine with you was the connection you were building from the top you, I mean, you've talked a lot now just bottom uh, up. about the bottom up, but uh, how to build the management system so that the leadership connects to the frontline work. I think yes, was uh, is also an important part of your work. Yes, I think that is very important because again, the nature of the industry, the fact that it's siloed as well as hierarchical. Um, needs a new way of operating, a new way of working together. And so connecting the strategic objectives to the work is, uh, is needed. 
And so the way that we approach that is, uh, again, building capability to identify problems and solve them collaboratively is applied at all levels of the organization. So from the top down, the management team of that operation needs to apply the same problem-solving techniques that that are applied at lower levels by identifying what are their strategic A3s. We do use the A3 problem-solving process. Um, and then it's cascaded through uh, really fundamentally a Hoshin process, the strategy deployment, uh, perhaps not in, in its most you know pure uh, expression at Toyota, but uh, certainly uh, attempts to make a clear connection between um, the problem solving that happens at the management team level with each level of the organization, and it is supported by a tiered daily management system which allows to make problems visible, um, pulls in the right level of help in uh, supporting problems that cannot be solved at that level that require additional assistance. Um, of course, it's got key performance indicators, but it's not its not the objective to fill boards with numbers. The objective is to understand what those numbers are saying about the problems that are appearing and at- anticipating those problems as well. So, so we really use a tiered um, cascading of the strategy A3s all the way down at the work level. And, and I think that has to be a two-way street. So there's a, there's a flow from the top down as well as a flow from the bottom up. Um, and that takes time. It's not something you can massively implement in three to six months. Hmm. It is changing mindset, new way of working, changing the conversations. And often what, what I, my biggest like indicator, like if I had to have a, a, a bit of a, a light that tells me, okay, something good is happening here, is I listen to the quality of the conversations that are shifting from, a conversation about uh, tell me why we haven't done the numbers today to what problems have you encountered? What, is, what has kept you from um, meeting the plan today? How can we do better tomorrow? What do you need from me? And so you will hear the conversation shifting. And that to me means that we're, we're on the right path. But it takes time. And that's the other thing. We need to have patience in this process. It's a, it is a fundamentally a transformation human process. So you can't expect to have that. That's great. That's great. Three to six months. So uh, I want to take the conversation out a little bit. I mean, we got pretty deep there about in the work. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but uh, I also know you have a bigger vision. And uh, so I'm uh, for the industry and for things that come out of the ground. Mm-hmm. The general circular economy. So maybe you can share with us just related to the mining industry, but also broader what your what your thinking is. Yeah, I again one of the fundamental motivations for my professional career is to transform this industry, um, and I I think that 
there is a great opportunity today in particular to reconnect the raw material supplier, these mining and metals companies, with the end consumer. And what I mean by that is you and I purchasing goods um, that are made of of uh, products that come from, from the ground. Again, as I said, if it cannot be grown, it must be mined. Circular economy today is gaining tremendous um, prominence, particularly in Europe, uh, related to shifting from a linear economy of making, using, and disposing to a circular one, which designs products for uh, recycling, for reuse, for refurbishing. And that, at the very, very beginning of that entire economy, is the raw materials. And that also applies to to food, uh, the food uh, as raw material. So I've been working on with a number of people, and and this is where really collaboration and uh, bringing together people with mindset around that is really important, to develop a circular lean mining approach that reconnects the mining company to the supplier. And right now, the biggest opportunity is battery raw materials. Given that we're, uh, the world is moving to electrification, uh, the electric battery vehicle movement, the great projections for those numbers, um, the mining industry needs to supply those battery raw materials, meaning primarily lithium, cobalt, nickel, but of course also graphite, copper, aluminum, um, and rethink the way it supplies by also um, developing, co-creating um, return loops for those metals and materials back into the supply chain. So that's something we're developing with the Lean Enterprise Institute. Um, and also, uh, I think it's a way to move, uh, to, to transform and shift our industry to, you know, a circularity as opposed to um, linear exploitation of, of uh, natural resources, which is part of the bad rep that the industry has had. And by the way, oil and gas has the same issue too. I mean, um, so so that's part of the greater vision. But also I think that with the food industry, the circular economy has two loops, the organic loop and the technical loop. And so the food industry also needs to transform this way. So with some of the other LEI uh, people. Uh, we have been talking about the intersection of mining and food, mm. which may seem kind of odd, uh, but, uh, but there is a very interesting potential synergy there. Well, if it's not mined, it has to be grown, right? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, okay, well, uh, maybe uh, I believe you're going to be speaking at our the Lean Summit. Next year. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Is there anything you want to talk about that? Or? Well, I just think that um, it's an opportunity to for people to discover uh, this other world, um, and also how lean thinking can be applied in a you know more like a, this type of conservative traditional industry. 
which, by the way, I, I think there are others, as I mentioned, oil and gas, construction, uh, uh, a number of such heavy industries, you know. Um, I also think it's an opportunity, and we've been developing with LEI the concept of a lean mining institute, which would be the first industry-specific global institute of the uh, Lean Global Network. And I think that's a very exciting opportunity for anyone who's coming to Houston for the LEI Summit. Um, anyone who's interested in uh, contributing and participating. We need to accelerate our experience and uh, I think we can only do that through collaboration. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm helping you with that. that yes, you are. So absolutely. let's... Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about that. Uh, what, what, what do you see as some of our goals? All right, I'll chime in, too, but uh, for the Lean Mining Institute. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Well, first of all, as I said, is uh, experiential learning. So absolutely uh, learning by doing. We need to have experiments in uh, companies that are connected to this uh, transformation of raw material into finished product. Now, having said that, that's that's broader than uh, a mining company. It could be a supplier to the mining company, or it could be, um, I don't know, a copper wire manufacturer. Um, so the first one is learning by doing. So through co-learning partnerships, as a concept that LEI has developed over the last 10 years or so. Um, secondly is sharing uh, the knowledge and experience. So uh, definitely uh, opening doors to have those experiential learnings in, in different contexts and geographies, etc., and commodities. Um, we want to also provide a, a credible source of lean thinking for the mining and metal industry. I think that's been lacking. And so I, with LEI, uh, we can provide that credible source um, and continue to educate and elevate uh, the overall understanding and deepen, really getting into deeper um, experimentation and, and knowledge and understanding. I think that's very, that's what we can do with the Lean Mining Institute with professionals from LEI and the LGN throughout the world. You pretty much described that pretty well. I don't know if there's anything I can add to that. <laughs> but it's exciting, right, for for the community to um, come together to help an industry sector, which is so important to society at large. And we can do it better. We we can do it better. We should do it better. But we need. Well, I think it's been exciting uh, thinking about just as someone who's been part of the lean global community now for many years and part of LAI. It was interesting to think about how we could bring our institutes and learning together for around a sector, around an industry. And I think that that's, that's, that's a pretty exciting challenge. And I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for companies because many mining companies in these, in these industries are fairly global. So for them to be able to learn from one another in different, uh, with different uh, I won't call it sectors, but the different materials that they generate I think there's a lot of potential for co-learning among those, those organizations. Yes, so. and there's great potential for improving the work. I can't overly emphasize, you know, these are harsh environments. It's mm -hmm. not uh, a walk in the park. And 
I'm always very excited to bring people to see firsthand what it's like to work in a mine, whether it's an open pit or underground, you know, uh, because it really opens people's eyes as to um, how we uh, we work uh, and and the incredible opportunity there is to to improve that environment for people. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was great. I really look forward to meeting a lot of other people in the Lean community. To hear more from Laura Matola, join us at the Lean Summit this March 27 and 28 in Houston. Thank you for listening to the WLEI podcast. 